0: Good morning again. Come on, put your hands together and welcome our new guests. All right. want to welcome them. We're so glad that you are here. Today we kick off a series, Dream House. Here's the byline, how to win at home. Look, we're not creating a competition between you and your loved ones. That's not the theme, okay? The theme is how to cultivate and create a dream house. Culture has sold us some what a dream house is, hasn't it? Come on, when I say the word dream house, come on, you can't help but think about some square footage, y'all. <laughs> when I say dream house, some of you, you just went straight to the backyard. You already got the pool mapped out with the rocks, with the waterfall that leads into the next level hot tub jacuzzi, right? You're seeing some cabana people helping you who you pay very reasonable salaries, mind you, and they're serving you drinks NA, all right? and water and sweet tea, all right? And, and when you think of a dream house, a lot of times we're thinking of the aesthetic value, right? Some of you... I know some of you, you've got a running list of home improvements and you've put them in the dream house category because you know there is no chance on earth your husband could do any of it, right? <laughs> you, you done looked at them things and said, nope, you just shifted that right into, I know my wife has, all right? I'll be transparent. I even looked at the list and I was like, no. <laughs> I preach and pray and read the Bible. That I could do that. I can bless this home with some anointing oil. All right. The dream house, though, culture, let's just be honest. The dream house that culture has sold us is oftentimes it's hyped up. And it is, it is, it is built on money. It is built on a striving and dare I say a comparison, competitive game between ourselves, and sometimes those closest to us. I've seen, I've lived life long enough, and I know you have as well, to see some people chase the culture's dream house and forsake their own soul and forsake their own relationships. It's a subtle pivot. It doesn't happen obvious in our lives, but it can be a a subtle pivot to shift from who God says that we are, how Scripture leads us, and all of a sudden, we begin to see, like a donkey with a carrot in front of it, we begin to see those dollar symbols and begin chasing after a dream that, here's what's crazy, Jesus never said leads to life. And so I want to encourage us during this season. I believe I'm going to equip you in some ways to foster an environment. And here's what we're going to do. Foster an environment where you are experiencing love in your home and in your closest relationships. I've redefined dream house. You're welcome. And we could bring that definition in or we could bring it up here. But a dream house, here's how I I, I want you to just wrestle with it over the next few Sundays. A dream house is an environment, okay? Okay. So some of you don't have a house right now, some of you, single young adults, you may be in an apartment, others, you're renting, so forth. Listen, there's no discrepancy. Any environment works. Teenagers, you're home. All right? It's an environment that's created where the people present know something. And that they know how to receive and give love appropriately. you think about that. They know how to receive and give love appropriately. Whether we want to admit it or not, whether we try to push it to the fringes of our mind, each one of us, from the moment we were born, we were being discipled. Our parents were discipling us. Our guardians were discipling us. Maybe you never got to grow up in a home with your parents because things were toxic, so you're with a grandparent or an uncle, or an aunt. They taught you your foundation for living. You're like, nah, I'm my own man. To which I answer, good luck with that. Good luck. Because here's what's, here's critical, critical idea. Unintentionally, we start circling around the same cycles that were back here. And we like, no, I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. No, I am I am me. I came up with this. Okay. <laughs> no, you didn't. You were formed or being formed. And for some, it was healthy. It was really good. But so often, our past becomes present, and that present dictates the direction we're moving in. And so we begin to fill cycles in our lives with all sorts, dare I say, sin and other areas of our life where God is calling us to step up and to step forward in the future he has. So we don't casually, I'm not casually, hey, you know what, take the next few weeks off mentally. I'm preaching on Dreamhouse. Ta-da. No. No, I want to encourage you, man. Jesus has a way to cultivate your home. Jesus has a way to strengthen your marriage, to strengthen your friendships, to strengthen the environments you live in. In fact, in fact, I want to share one of the greatest truths in all of the New Testament. In all of the New Testament, one of the greatest truths. Christian maturity is defined love well. You can boil down the New Testament as far as discipline and practice to two words, love well. Teachings of Jesus, the commands of Christ, lead us to love ourselves well and lead us to love God well and lead us to love others well. Christian maturity, I don't know about your background or your culture, but sometimes Christian maturity gets framed in such terms as your spiritual gifts, your depth of prayer, your connection to small group life, your attendance in church. Are you serving? Right? We have all sorts of ways of framing what Christian maturity looks like. Now listen, are all those things I just listed important? You betcha. Are they vital to your life and growing rooted and in community with Christ? You betcha. But all the way from Matthew, through revelation, you're gonna find Christian maturity is defined by love. Well. And here's one of the things I know as a pastor. This is not intentionally stepping on your toes. Okay. Let me just prepare. There are times I have seen. Not here, right? This isn't you. But other people find it convenient and easy to love everybody outside the four walls of their home. It's more comfortable. It's more convenient. And it's, <laughs> it's more appealing to getting what they want in life than to care deeply for those within the four walls of their home. I won't equip you over the next few weeks. Jesus would say in John 13, 35. In verse 34, he says, A new command I give you love one another. Verse 35, he makes this statement. By this, everyone, say that word with me. Everyone. 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 Say, My daughter. My daughter. My My son. My spouse. My beau, my boo-boo, my parents, my grandparents, my second cousin Ralph, my pastor, a small group leader, the people on the other side of the political aisle from me. Who wants it? Who wants? I got more? Who, who's ready? <laughs> Ooh, man, sometimes we give atheists way too much ammunition. Sometimes we give people outside of church. Way, too much ammunition. Again, nobody here. By this, everyone will know that you are my fans. You're my disciple if you love one another. If you love one another. Not by your Facebook posts. Not by my Facebook posts. It's if I can love others. If I can love others. Seriously. Seriously. As Christ followers, we've got to get this right. We've got to get this right. We've got to learn to love. And love isn't a mamby-pamby, blah. Love is deep. Agape love is that covenant love. It's that caring love. In fact, all of the loves listed in the New Testament, they don't come casually or come easily. But part of the ongoing work in our life is that Christ is committed through the Holy Spirit to transform us out of perhaps our family of origin, and definitely into the new family we are in Christ. And so transformation looks like we have to give up the ways we were taught things, the way we bought into things, the way we argue, the way we divide, the way we sow discord and gossip, we have to shut all that down. The way we panic and stress and live anxious, we have to shut all that down and receive love from God. Let that love transform us that we might give it away. Paul's wrestling with an early church, not physically. Well, you never know with Paul. He may have been some physical wrestling in there. I'm just kind of teasing. But in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 is what's going to come up. But if you take little notes or you're on your uh, uh, phone with the Bible app, check out a couple verses before. Paul's writing this letter to this early church in Philippi founded by Lydia on a river. She was a wealthy business lady. Could read about it in Acts. Well, the church takes off. God does good things. Paul was a good pastor. He's sending them a letter. He can't send them a post. He can't send them a meme. He's not emailing. He's lettering them. And in verse 1 of chapter 2, he says this, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Here's the pain. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves can save your marriage that can save your family can bring healing for your future if in humility you repent of old ways of living because I don't know <laughs> if you've noticed but your first words I guarantee you I can tell you what they were mine mine Me, mine, and me. Now, as we get older, none of us walk around, right? You don't walk into McDonald's, hopefully, sit down at a table, look the person in the face and say, mine, right? Nobody would do that. But we have our subtle ways of manipulating others. We have our subtle ways of emotionally degrading another or distancing. You know what they need? A good dose of the silent treatment. (laughs) course do <laughs> you know what paul's not mamby pamby just he's he's encouraging in chapter two he's calling for christ followers to live in the likeness of christ the two things that happen either we line up and walk in that direction or we say that's ridiculous i'm out the middle ground is very difficult to walk so i want to encourage you i want to just breathe some life into you relational health it's possible a dream house it's available relational strength family flourishing relationship healing reconciliation a future that is bright that is beautiful That is God-ordained and uplifted through the work of the Holy Spirit. It is possible. But it comes with deep levels of intentionality. We can't be casual about it. We can't just say, well, c'est la vie. What'll be, will be. No, 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 no. For us Christ followers, we are called. And it, it can be painful. I can attest to that. It can be difficult. It doesn't come easy. But it's exactly... The words that Jesus would call for you and for me he said our light is shining bright when we can find a way to love one another. So let me answer the question you all asking. How are we going to do it? How are we gonna, what's your angle? What's your direction? I'm glad you asked that question. Let me tell you. For some of you, this is going to be very familiar territory. For others of you, it's going to serve as a great reminder. For others of you, I'll just be candid. It's going to blow your mind as it did mine 15 years ago but i'm going to lead us through five love languages that will equip you to receive and give love to others five love languages i didn't come up with them couple key things. I didn't come up with them. They are well tested. They're written by a pastor who's been at one church for over 30, almost 40 years. Gary Smalley. Tremendous material. We're going to ebb and flow between some of what the book has to say and also what scripture has to say. This book helped revolutionize my life. I was oblivious. I was clueless. My first year of marriage, I was like, uh, I, I, I operated in some of them, and some of them I didn't even know existed. This book really helped me. It strengthened me not only in my marriage but in relational health. Not that everything's healthy all the time, but as best it could be on my end. So I want to spend a few moments just teaching you a little bit about these. And then we'll cover one love language today. So these are five love languages. They're written by Dr. Gary Chapman. I lied earlier. Gary Smalley is another marriage guru. All right? Like what I did there? You can read his stuff too. All right. But this is Dr. Gary Chapman. Five love languages. He says, he says this. You and me, we all have a primary love language. We also all have a primary language. Most of us, our primary language is English. All right? If you've ever been on a mission trip that is non-English speaking, everywhere I went, I had to have somebody translate. I mean, I had a great sermon prepared. I, I I was feeling the power of the Holy Spirit And I could sense God was willing to do something. But you take that translator out of the room, ain't nobody getting a lick of what I got. From God, that is. Here's what I've recognized. In many marriages, in many parent and teen and parent and child and teen to teen, child to child, any which way you cut the relational that we function in, the relational life we function in, we need some translation going on. Because many times we're communicating with our primary love language. <laughs> but they hearing with our secondary, third and fourth and or fifth and language. I've got some fun stories in this series about you, not me, about, no, I'm, I'm sorry. But these five love languages, I make no bones about it, it began to revolutionize my life. So here's what they are. The five love languages, words of affirmation. This language uses words to affirm other people. Quality time. This language is all about giving the other person your undivided time. Acts of service. For these people, actions speak louder than words. Receiving gifts, receiving a heartfelt gift is what makes them feel most loved. Physical touch. To this person, nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate physical touch. (laughs) I know it might seem a little gimmicky here, but let me encourage you. There's a free test, fivelovelanguages.com. Some of you are tempted to get on your phone right now. Maybe wait till after the message. All right. It's just a short quiz, but it'll be eye-opening for you. Especially, let me encourage you if you're in a, a dating relationship, or if you're in a marriage, or if you're in a serious relationship, and your teens and children. I mean, depending on their age, if as long as they can answer the questions. It can begin to refine and give you direction in how to communicate love to those nearest you. You many times I'll be in a little conference with people or a little council with people, and it's like, dude, I love her. I I really love her. How are you expressing that love? Well, I'm working 83 hours a week, but she has everything she wants. Wow, well, that's pretty great not, unless her love language is, I get everything I want, <laughs> which I know that's what you think it might be sometimes, but it's not true, and so imagine a couple, right, and, and the man operates, I tell her I love her, I send her an email a couple times a day just to let her know, I'm at work, but I miss you dearly. I love you forever. Send. Words of affirmation might be flowing, but if her number one love language is quality time, he is failing miserably. Does he love her? Yes. Is he communicating love? Yes. Is she hearing it? No. Is that sin? No. What is that? It's being lost in translation. And it can lack intentionality on our end. And so you take that short five love languages. Shoot, while you're at it, buy the book, read the book. Begin to develop some intentionality on your end. It really, I'm encouraging you, it can begin to transform, transform your marriage and your family. Keys to understanding the love languages. I've already covered this, but let me move swiftly. First, we communicate in our primary love language. so We communicate in our primary love languages. A lot of times, parents buy their children toys. Well, if your child's love language is receiving gifts, then it's on fire. That's you're doing great. The last time I checked, most children spell love, T-I-M-E, time. And you're like, is yeah, time. They may have a wardrobe full of pristine clothes, but all they're looking for is some mommy-daddy time. And so it's critical, right? It's critical. It's, I'm not saying quit your job, sp- stay home. No I'm, not. no, I'm not proposing that. But I am proposing with the windows of time that you have available and the intentionality in your heart to begin to move through these. Second, our spouse and loved ones often receive love, that's the example I shared, in our secondary love languages. Third, key to long lasting loving relationships is communicating in, here's the kicker, their primary love language. In their primary love language. So there are five love languages. I'm going to spend just a couple more moments on love language number one words of affirmation why don't you say those three words with me words of affirmation words that affirm those closest to us all of us have these invisible tanks inside of us some of you it's a little more visible than others i'm kidding i'm kidding bad joke Love tanks, they're invisible. And all of us need those tanks to be filled by those we're in closest relationship with. It's not like we need them to exist. No, but we need them to flourish in life. Many times, when the language isn't getting through, those love tanks are left empty. Someone who receives love through words of affirmation, what they need to hear from you are words that affirm their existence. Not words to affirm their existence to get you what you want. No, no, no. Remember, considering others ahead of ourselves, we just want to use words that affirm others. Every time I've led a small group through the five love languages, every single time in every person's top two words of affirmation shows up which tells me something there ain't a one of us who does not need to hear affirming words from those closest to us affirming words proverbs 18 verse 21 the first half of proverbs 18 21 bold statement to our souls Solomon's writing, one of the wisest things he ever said is this. The power, or excuse me, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. Come on. Have you ever killed the mood by something you say? Have you ever worked with people that just killed the environment? By their toxicity, complainers, naggers, discouragers, panickers, fearfully minded people. It's like all you needed was a tiny word <laughs> to start the day, and all they brought was some big old blah. <laughs> We're all human. It's going to happen. We're all human. It's going to happen. You're going to have a rough day, going to have a rough week, going to have a rough season. I get it. But again, I'm inviting us to live a life of deep intentionality with those we love and those we care greatest about. And part of that is understanding how they receive love. Words of affirmation, they come in really three ways. Uh, I'll call him Gary. Gary says they come in three ways. Verbal Compliments. Words of appreciation, encouraging words. Verbal compliments, words of appreciation, encouraging words. Some of you, (laughs) your spouse is going to pass out the moment you start practicing this. The moment you tell them, you look gorgeous today. You just go ahead, you get your phone open, Nine one one Don't even look at the phone, it's easy. Boom, 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 boom. Because you just lost them. They're going to have to resurrect from death because you finally said something in their love language. It's going to change the game. Words of affirming nature can bring people to life words of affirmation and here's what's beautiful you don't even have to love somebody you can, you can actually say these things to a coworker be safe don't get shady on me be safe in a workplace <laughs> be safe there are awkward words of affirmation don't be that guy or girl be healthy but listen verbal compliments simple guys look this is not look 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 this is not theological rocket science I need to think about that. That's, you know, that's really deep. Let me read the Bible six times before I operate in this gift. No. It's simple to understand. But you can't just coast through it. You can't just live easily. Some of you, this is unnatural. Words of affirmation, you're like, what is this thing you call affirming? Words of affirmation, you come alongside. I mean, you could text somebody you're great. Smiley face. You can do that. You have permission. You can, you can leave a post-it note that says, I love you, I'm praying for your day. Bam. No, that's not on their face. You're not posting it on their face. That's, bam, on the steering wheel or windshield or front door. Some of you are like, I like that. What's that love language? No. Verbal compliments. Words of appreciation. Things like thank you, things like thank you. Let me tell you, this is the economy of love. But so often we take it for granted. I think one of the subtle tricks of the enemy is that he tells our salt man, he doesn't tell us, we just begin to function and take for granted those closest to us. Think of that, we just begin to function with those closest to us. Is at the gym, I was talking with somebody at the gym, the other day, he found out I was a pastor. Not by my doing. Another pastor introduced me as a pastor. So I'm stuck. It's okay. But he saw me the other day. I, I, I just, um, he, he was lifting some things, and I was just walking by. And uh, he said, hey, you're that pastor guy, right? I said, yeah. I said, yeah. He said, man, I, I said I just lost my mom. I said, oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear and just, just opened up a little bit and was sharing. And he's like, you know, I'm just, just processing grieving. There are just all these things I'm looking back on and thought, man, I could, I could do this differently or I could have said that or I could have operated that way. And uh, I was in the moment with him, man, just, just lifting him up. And I said, man, we all, we all have that, no doubt. We all grieve in those moments, and that's part of the process. Look, none of us are perfect, and, but it, it brought to mind... That's a healthy thing that he's doing in some respect. But you know what's available to each of us? We can do that in our minds right now. We can future think about our marriage. We can future think about our children. We can future think about the direction of our life. We're the only people, part of humanity that can do that. No other animals in existence can future think. You're welcome. Full science for you. But you know, when we can do that, we can begin to come to this moment and think, man, is my spouse needing words of affirmation? If so, I need to begin. I need to step that up. And can I tell you, you begin to walk in godliness. You begin to operate with sincerity and the truth of God's word in your life that, Proverbs 18, 21, it becomes, yes, I've seen now that the power of life and death are in the tongue. We can help people's souls come alive. We can keep our witness strong as we share in love and life. And we can begin to operate in this. Because I'm just telling you, it may not be their number one, but somewhere in the mix, the people closest to us needs to hear out of our mouth affirming words in the book the five love languages he shares the story of a of a husband who he unknowingly stepped into it in a good way he just paid his wife a compliment he stumbled into she she was kind of on the side just writing some things doodling some things and he goes hey i saw your writings this is really good she should think about getting this published she was like really And he said, I think so. No, he said, yes, you should. And come to find out, years go by, and from that one instance, a writing career started for her. Something hidden, something in the quiet, something not even known, a word that was affirming, brought to life, a God story in somebody else's. Your spouse, listen, in a rough day, in a tough day, Sometimes the best thing you can do is not necessarily jump on the same train that they are, but just begin to lead and guide that conversation through encouragement, through gratitude, by just loving them in tenderness and compassion, Paul said. Treat one another. Tenderness and compassion. Can I tell you, it can be so easy sometimes to just take life for granted. And so I want to encourage you, little, little, little coaching, little coaching, little coaching, Two things to think about. Tone and timing. I love you. Said I love you 15 years ago. You're welcome. How many of you know? Doesn't translate well. (laughs) All right. little story. You want to hear a story? Not that I'm feeling convicted, but... Yesterday, uh, one of our daughters had a volleyball game. And usually I'm hyped up, man. I'm high, words of life, words of life, words of life. Kelly had a, uh, she actually poked my side yesterday. That was my reprimand. But Kelly was at a birthday party. Anyhow, we all get back home and uh, Kelly goes, "How how did they do? I don't know what frame of mind I was in. I was like, they did all right. She was like, boom. They did great. Really good. Really <laughs> solid performance. I mean, yes, ma'am. Thank you, right? You know, In humility, I will walk. No, but can I, can I tell you? I'd like to say that's the first time I've got bruises because I, I've been, no. You're right. Kelly's joke. She has helped me see. Here, here's why. We have two daughters. She's helped me see the vibe and the need for affirming words. There's the need for truth, understand. There's the need for coaching up. We take all those moments. But there are some seasons and moments and and little windows of time that God's calling us. Man, He's leading us. Affirm, affirm. Speak in those vulnerable moments. Speak words of truth, words of life. And can I encourage you? God is inviting you and I to walk in that reality, to walk in that truth, and to begin communicating. So tone is important. Listen, some of us, we're, we're high justice. We're high justice. So before any affirming word, I've got to let you know all the ways I've judged you, right? It's like, well, am I really being godly if I don't tell them blank, 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 and Those aren't cuss words. just you're filling in all the judgments, Jesus operated with truth and grace. He had a tone. He had a tone. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Sin will lead you to destruction. Destruction will lead to death. There's no condemnation. But God's grace always requires a response. We're going to surrender, we're going to submit. We're going to walk in his ways. We're going to walk in righteousness. We're going to throw off unrighteousness. Jesus operated with truth and grace on their behalf, not on his behalf. And so words of affirmation, when we can create a safe and healthy and life-giving environment, that's the place to start, and then we can lift people up. Tone is so important when it comes to words of affirmation. And one I've learned, this, y'all, you're just getting this for free. This isn't even in the book. Tone, timing. Timing is a big, big thing. There are moments to encourage, to share a word of love, to share a word of hope. There are moments to uplift and affirm others. You don't just want to kind of randomly begin saying all sorts of things in the wrong moment. You want to have the right timing. And can I tell you, here's what we're doing. We're not talking about a love language that's convenient for me to give to you. No, it's requiring us to think, when can they best receive the word of affirmation? It requires great, great level of intentionality on our end. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. And here's here's kind of the unspoken question. We'll end. Here's the unspoken question. When we talk about these five love languages, here's the unspoken question. How do I communicate when my love tank is low? How do I communicate? Do I use silent treatment? Do I use manipulative tactics? Do I curse? Do I just scream? No. How we communicate when our love tank is low. Lovingly, peacefully, calmly, honestly. Without a list of unprecedented expectations. Let me encourage you. I want to say this. I don't, I don't mean to bring a heavy right at the end, but let me say this. Honesty is key. I've seen marriages suffer and split because the spouse couldn't communicate their love tank was low. Here's what they would defend themselves with. Well, they ought to have known. Well, they ought to have known my love tank was low. Well, well dude, did you, did you ever tell her? No, but she ought to have known. What? What? You didn't communicate it. No. But she ought to have known. I wanted to slap the guy. What what are you? Why didn't you communicate it? No, I don't know. I don't know. No, 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 no. Communicate healthily, lovingly. Be bold to have open communication. Be bold to just step into the awkwardness and the vulnerability and the transparency of communicating a love tank is low. It's better to speak up than to have not spoken at all and to live in a life of desperation with the false expectation that they ought to know. No. No. And I know relationships are like a fine wine. They take some time and take some, some seasons to step into all that it is. But I can't encourage, I can't encourage young couples more than ever to be open and honest and clear about their communication. Because so much of life is swept under the rug. We just act like nothing happened and we just keep moving and moving and moving forward. <clears throat> it helped me greatly to know that for my wife. Words of affirmation were big. Still helps me. Still, it's a good reminder to remember <clears throat> certain words in a certain moment during a certain season can just, they can be the work of God in someone's life. And it's important because I was clueless. No idea. 15 years ago. That's hey, so what people do. I love you. I love you. See, like, I know you love me, but say some things, I love you, you know, you got to practice, you got to work, this, you got to, you got to step it up, she knows I, I need, I need words of affirmation, I need words of encouragement, you may be surprised, pastors need that, I mean, could you believe, you may not, you, you may be surprised, pastors come under criticism sometimes, have y'all seen this, y'all seen this, have you ever been part of a church where you criticize your pastor, I don't know, ever. not here, not here, I know that, but I mean, it's remarkable, all of us, though, in your state, in your standing with what you're dealing with, you need words of affirmation to encourage you, to lift you up. And here's what's crazy. It may just be the very word of the Lord. Psalm 107, verse 20. Notice this. 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their Destructions. He sent their word and healed them. I've seen families reunited. I've seen marriages restored. One word of life. One word of healing. I forgive you. I thank you. I love you. I need you. You are the completion my soul needs. No, but I mean, words of affirmation. Think on that, Psalm 107, verse 20. Think about our coming to Christ, for those of us who have come to Christ. He sent a word that our souls were desperate to hear. He sent a word that transformed our life forever. Forgiven. 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 It's the word that affirmed our life and has given it value. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for helping us in our closest relationships and in our closest friendships. Holy Spirit, we need your help. We need your leadership in our lives. Father, for some of us, we need to hear what the Spirit is saying, God. For some of us, I pray that you awaken within us, God, stirring on the inside, Lord, not to live casually, but to live intentionally, God, in our closest relationships, in our closest friendships, Lord. May we not be people who take one another for granted, God, but may we be people that have learned, God, to love well. May we be disciples, God, not just with biblical knowledge. But God, may we be disciples who share the heart of God with the world around us, walking with tenderness, walking with kindness, walking with compassion, God. That Father, when the enemy would have us fixate on differences and sow discord, God, may we remember The words of your son, Jesus, who said. Everyone will know that you're my disciples. When you walk in love. When you speak in love. When you care in love. When you pray in love. Father, I thank you. For some of us, God, our house. For some here, God, it may look anything like a dream. Father, it may just look like a a, a wrecking ball has been taken into the walls, into the foundation. We don't know where to start. I pray, Lord, that you would give them wisdom. You would give them courage. We thank you, God, that you are a miracle-working God. That you make the impossible situations possible. We thank you, God, that when destruction has happened in the home, you're the one, the master builder. You're the one, the master reconstructor. We thank you, God, for bringing healing in our home, peace in our homes, health in our homes. Father, draw our hearts near to you again. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.